Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hawk, our hosts, Carl LeClaire, Jason Hunt, and Katie Horn, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This is episode number 339, Leave it to Shiver. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Darth Maul to my Count Dooku, we have Katie Horn. <laughs> hey Jason, it's great to be back with you. I'm so, so excited for this episode. This has been a long time coming. I'm like, I'm shaking. <laughs> That's how excited I am. Goodness gracious. Yep. Carl yes. is not with us this week. No. Instead, yeah, we've got a guest that I'm really hyped for. You guys, it is my very good friend from Twitter, Sawara. Um, you guys will know him from the Middle Geats podcast. You'll probably also know him as the founder of the uh, hashtag uh, SW Rep Matters hashtag on Twitter. Star Wars representation matters, and it absolutely does. And then you might probably definitely know him from the baldo ren meme that goes around twitter <laughs> so <laughs> and uh he is of course the palpatine to, our, right. uh, to the rest of us this podcast so uh... yes as the most important aspect <laughs> <Yeah>. of all <laughs> thank you guys so much for having me on katie that was such a kind and like really uh honoring uh intro you know, I'm only one of the founders of SW Rep Matters. There were several founders, but, you know, thank you for acknowledging my role in it. And, uh, like, yeah, I'm just so happy to be here to discuss my boy Palpy. Yeah. I am, I've been a fan of this character for as long as I can remember. And I stan. Like, you know, <laughs> like, I, I think, like, you know, I, I don't talk about Palpatine that much on Twitter or social media generally. But, you know, when I do, I think my passion is really there. It's like, Kind of the same as Katie's for Darth Maul, for Maul, actually. You know, I feel like we, we're like, uh, Palpatine is to me as Maul is to you, you know? That's how oh, I, I feel with Palpy sometimes. Yeah. Well, well, that's so cool. Well, welcome to the Wampus Lair. <laughs> um, you are definitely in the right place for some uh, Sith Lord geeking out. Um, <laughs> yes, for just good, standing, just good. the worst. <laughs> yes. And- yes. All right, but before we before we jump into everything is going according to my design. (laughs) I'm just gonna I'm gonna follow along quietly. I'm just gonna follow along behind you quietly, planning your demise. That's all. Like, Um, as one does, as Uh, one does. But before we jump into our our discussion here on on Lord Sidious, um, 
we do have the results from our previous matchup. Um, I'm just going to run through these real quick. The, we, of course, got all these responses from Facebook, Twitter, and email. So thank you so much for weighing in on this. We uh, pitted Attack of the Clones Anakin Skywalker versus The Empire Strikes Back Luke Skywalker. Um, and our Larians here responded in uh, droves, shall we say. There was quite a bit of response. It was a lot. Uh, so I'm not going to have time to get into any of the details. But need, needless to say, uh, the results were, let me see, 35 for Anakin and 13 for Luke. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Let's wow, just say that like, like a total votes, not like a uh, percentage. Uh, correct. Total votes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So that was uh, interesting. That yeah. was uh, a bit of a landslide. Um, Katie, yeah. Katie, who would have yeah. you picked? Oh my gosh. Honestly, I, I was, I was going to go for Luke Skywalker for a very specific reasons, <laughs> but I have a feeling the Larians are just going to shut this one down, but I was going to go for Luke because of that gun show. In the Empire Strikes Back, <laughs> I, I was, did you see Farm Boy got jacked? Farm, oh my god! Yeah. Like, I, oh, there's this, this. Okay, so I give it to Luke for that one specific shot of him, you know, in just like his tank top, showing off them guns. Like, <laughs> all right, so we'll put that for Luke. Uh, Suara, do you want to weigh in on this matchup real quick? As much as I love Luke, he's my boy, but it's got to be Anakin because at that time he had proper Jedi training. Like he knew proper lightsaber moves. He could, uh, he had been quote unquote properly training for years at that point. By the way, I just want to say, especially after the sequel trilogy, it's not that like training doesn't matter, but I think I realized after the sequel trilogy how much like the concept of Jedi training is kind of overhyped. Yeah. And it's like, as long as you just have a good master, it's it's about the quality of time, quality time rather than quantity time you mm-hmm. have with the master that makes you a good Jedi. So I don't know. It's like, but even so, like I think Anakin still had relatively better quality overall that he could beat his son in a matchup yeah. from Attack of the Clones era to Empire era. See, uh, the the thing is, is with Luke is he's training. A lot of his training is more on the the spiritual side, the force side of of right. Jedi training, and and Anakin thrives in the physical combat side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He loves it, um, and so for that reason, I think if we're if we're you know putting a contest of wills, I think Luke has a stronger will, um, even though we see him broken by the end of Empire Strikes Back. But for a dual purpose, um, I'm going to give this one to, to Anakin as well. So that gives us a final total um, of 37 for Anakin <laughs> and 14 for Luke. So, <laughs> oh, sorry about oh, that. poor Luke. Yeah. <laughs> Young fool. Only now, at the end, do you understand? Um all right, well, we've got another matchup for you at the end of this episode, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but I think I think now it's time to to dive into the the mastermind of evil <laughs> in our saga. Here. Good. Good. Um, yes, uh, Palpatine. Um, dear gosh, I don't know where we start with Palpatine. I. 
I, I feel sort of... like he he always was and he always will be. Palpatine is God. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've hit it. He is God. <laughs> just yeah. All right. Yeah. Elaborate. Yeah. I just went from zero to a hundred right there. <laughs> yes. Um. You're, I really think you are Palpatine Suara because while while all of us are like playing the short game, we're still on step one. You're already like fifty million steps ahead of us. Like you're just I stand. <laughs> he is just such a great character, and Ian McDermott plays him brilliantly. Yes. And like you know, from the time like. I guess, like, you know, sort of let's go around, like, first time we saw him. Mm. Uh, for me, it was, like, seeing him in Return of the Jedi. Uh, I think I was, like, 11 or 12. And I was just, like, so enraptured by this, you know, like, menacing, diabolical, hooded guy in a chair who was just so confident, who knew what he was doing. Mm. He, he knew what he wanted, and he went for it. And that sort of determination, like, it was really inspiring to a young teenage Suara and <laughs> continued with him for a long time. So I just like, I've always loved this character. I love his diabolical manipulation in the prequel trilogy, especially in Revenge of the Sith, the tragedy of Doc Plagueis, the wise. Ah, yes. And just like, I just like, there's, and here's the thing. Like, I know he is the most awful dude in the galaxy. He <laughs> is basically like, I'm not going to like, sugarcoat it he is literally space hitler he's like you know like the like embodiment of like pure evil that george lucas put every single uh, diabolical real human aspect into but at the same time he is just such a fascinating great villain yes whom, you know like obviously i'm never gonna support i'm never gonna say like oh palpatine was right or like you know what i mean it's like and I, I think it's, like, really interesting because I've been, like, listening to podcasts and, like, reading stuff about, like, you know, the redeemable villains, you know, like Darth Vader, Kylo Ren versus, you know, the absolutely evil villains, like, who are dead in their ways, like Palpatine. And it's like, you know, I love both, but, you know, there's something about that confidence of evil you have with, like, a Palpatine or the Joker that's just, like... It give, you know, and it's good for our psyche in a lot of ways, like to have like these villains, we can, you know, imagine those like uh, expressions of evil, even from ourselves in it's like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's yeah, there's no gray area with it. You can just say no, it's bad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it's, it's the, mm-hmm. the pure good, the pure evil. And the lines are very distinctly drawn. Um, and I think a lot of times in in you know uh, action movies or, or other uh you know pop culture stuff people just sort of go uh they put a label on it say that's evil that's good and then they just sort mm-hmm. of let it sit there but palpatine is such a fascinatingly diabolical evil um that you can have a purely evil character be interesting where most of the time in order to have a villain interesting he either has to believe he's right in doing good or someone who's extremely conflicted doing bad, you know, um, whereas Palpy's just like, no, evil, I love evil, and he's fascinating because of what he does with that, and how yeah. he twists everyone else and makes them dance. For for me, it was, it was definitely, I think I was like six or seven when I first saw Star Wars, and, um, you know that moment where Palpatine is shocking Luke and, you know, that's our hero, you know, he's on the ground and he's writhing and, oh my gosh, he's going to die. 
you know? But then it, it you look at Palpatine's face and he's enjoying this, you know? Yeah. He's enjoying it and that that it struck something very real in me where it's like, oh no, there's there's no compassion in this person whatsoever. He is in fact taking pleasure out of your pain and that's you know it's so different from like vader who you always got the sense he was just doing what he had to do and it's different from like even hux who i think is like you know almost you know yeah we're 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 not supposed to like general hux like at all you know what i mean (laughs) uh you know he blew up three planets but even he wasn't like laughing as as star killer base fired you know he had that i don't know that unreadable expression on his face as you know as he watched the you know the laser beams i guess fly off into the sky it palpatine would have been like cackling you know it's good yeah you know but (laughs) i i mean when i first saw palpatine i was like okay he's the he's evil he's bad uh but Mm -hmm. you know my my first real big first experience with him was you know dying at the end of Return of the Jedi. Mm. I mean, I, I'd mm-hmm. seen him briefly in Empire, but that didn't really matter. But um, apparently he's not dead. Right, yeah, right. What? But, what? Right, but here, but when, when he really... I just, want, I just want to say, like, when... I'm sorry, I just want to say, like, when... So I was in, like, uh, Episode Nine Celebration stage when it all oh, went down and Ian oh. McDermott was on the stage. I lucked out with the lottery, and I just, like... I think we all, at that moment, we all lost our collective shit. It was <laughs> incredible. And it just, like, can I just say, it makes perfect sense. Like, yeah. you know, for, for it's the end of the nine-part saga. He yes. is the ultimate, the main villain of Star Wars. Yes. And he's awesome. Yes. <laughs> he cheated death. I, he, like, I, yeah. I'm, like, I, I was, like, shaking because I was, like, oh, no, because... You know, there's been this idea in the sequel trilogy that Ben Solo has been corrupted from infancy. You know, that there was something reaching across the galaxy to to twist up this boy. And we all thought it was Snoke. No, it's not Snoke. <laughs> no, it's Palpatine. Like, yeah, he's the Phantom Menace. And I just, yes. I, it makes so much sense. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I, I want to get to some speculation on Nine later, but... Um, sure, yeah. But to get back to to my first big like ah light bulb moment with Palpatine <laughs> didn't happen until 1999 when I saw the Phantom Menace yeah. and you know there was Emperor Palpatine and all of a sudden there was Senator Palpatine and I was like oh and I was one of the few ten year olds who was like oh <laughs> oh I know where he's going you know actually a very dumb 10 year old who did not make the connection oh no really <laughs> or for some reason like i adamantly was like no senator palpatine's a good guy this legit i swear <laughs> to God, this was me as a kid i was like no i believe that what palpatine is doing is trying to do good for the galaxy like for Aww. some reason we got make the connection or i thought that maybe it was sidious who um like invaded uh, Palpatine's mind and took him over or something. <laughs> him. Like, this is what I convinced myself as a child for some reason. I did not make the connection like, oh, he's obviously the bad guy or even in Phantom Menace when it like hands to his face. <laughs> like, you know, like who's the other set? It's Palpatine. <laughs> like, I guess like for some, like this just shows like I have 
been a Palpatine stan and defender my entire lifetime. <laughs> Not really defender, but like I don't know. I was right, just right. like I just like always loved Palpatine. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, it sounds it, like we would have been like really good friends on the playground, you know, being like ten years exactly. old watching the Phantom Menace, and I'm just all like Maul was so misunderstood and <laughs> and you're all like Palpatine was taken over by that guy Sidious. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. Now now I do have a question. Let us let us delve back into the speculation of Palpatine's past here. Um mm. Do you think mm-hmm. Palpatine was evil to begin with, like from birth, or did something terrible happen to him as a child? And he was like, mm, evil's the way to go. <laughs> Isn't it that same old Star Wars story, in the, at least in Legends? I don't know if this is still true, but I thought it was in Legends that, yeah, he grew up on Naboo, and as all Star Wars goes, his dad was terrible. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought it was, yeah, was in, in Legends. Yeah. In, yeah. In Plagueis, so I yeah. actually. I, yeah. yeah, I actually haven't read Darth Plagueis. I really need to, mm-hmm. even though it's not canon anymore. But who knows? Maybe it still will be or something. But well, there's yeah. a lot of I, stuff uh, in there that could transfer over yeah. easily. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I will say that yeah. for anyone listening. Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah, his dad was awful and abusive, and you know, he loved his mom, and I believe he had a sister. Uh, so mm-hmm. like. I think it was Plagueis who convinced, you know, spoilers for Darth Plagueis, I guess. Uh, it was Plagueis who convinced him to kill his father, like, when he was, like, a teen or tween. And yeah. I think that, like, messed him up irrevocably. Um, you know, like, I think at that point for him, you know, like, not to make a connection to, like, Ben Solo, because I think that's a whole other different case. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, but, yeah, it's interesting, like, to think about. And, Again, it's like this, but actually to make a connection to Ben Soul, like, and actually go back to something you said, Katie, about, like, mm. him being manipulated. I think it was both Snoke and Palpatine, mm. like, you know, or maybe Palpatine manipulate. It might have, I, I, I've had theories that it might be Palpatine manipulating Snoke, manipulate everything else, like, you know, like, two degree, two or three degrees removed. But, um, yeah, I think, like, uh, there is, like, this common theme amongst our villains of, like, like you said, Katie, a paternal figure manipulating them, grooming, grooming them to, uh, yeah, like be the evil dude, and that—that that is a very interesting through line I, you, that you just brought up. I'm fully realizing it now. So yeah, it's yeah. definitely it's something that I've thought about a lot. Um, you know, just because of my own personal experiences, you know, my life, and, and just how Star Wars likes the theme of cycles you know things come in cycles and that's what abuse is abuse is a cycle and so it makes a certain amount of sense that you know of course palpatine is just caught up in this cycle and instead of breaking that cycle you know of abuse and pain he chooses to pass it on and he passes it on on an epic scale you know he he not only hurts the children that he brings into his life, Maul, Anakin, you know, he, uh, even the younglings he tried to abduct in the Clone Wars, you know, he not only hurts them, but he decides to hurt the whole galaxy. Because it's like, I have been hurt so profoundly by the people that were supposed to love me that I'm going to hurt everybody else. And and he's even gotten to the point with, you know, with that cycle where it feels good and it feels right. You know, I, I hurt so much. I love hurting you. And it's it, that's terrible. And you see how, you know, that cycle just keeps perpetuating itself because, of course, you know, um, uh, 
um, Vader passes on that, that abuse to Luke, you know, hurts him horribly. Um, Maul passes on that abuse to Ezra. You know, we see how he manipulates and uses Ezra. And, you know, it's just they're not able to break this cycle. And then my hope for nine is that Ben Solo finds a way to break it. You know, because because, of course, episode nine has to break all the cycles. It has to break the the cycle that the force is stuck in. It has to break, you know, the, the cycle that the rebels and the Empire are stuck in. You know, we have to finally resolve this pain because, you know, maybe the point isn't necessarily that we need to avoid pain, you know, and or that evil will be stopped forever. We just have to find a way to heal it and finally finally move on not just in, as individuals but like as a galaxy can they finally move on that's i'm sorry i just went off <laughs> oh that was so beautiful though oh, Thank yeah. You. yeah that's 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 what i see when i see palpatine just being this this yeah this nexus of evil and just rippling through the whole galaxy it's like oh no it's a cycle and we have to break it you yeah. know yeah. yeah yeah and of course you know palpatine let's face it he's not a an intimidating guy uh, mm-hmm. And so, it, it, I think it's been ages since I read Plagueis. So, um, I think the idea was is that he was sort of domineered and felt like he didn't have any control over what he was doing or what he was supposed to be and things like that. Um, at mm. least in Plagueis, um, and and that's why when he finally took control, killed his dad. And basically walked out on his family, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. Like he was like, "I'm done." Uh, he decided he would never be the one controlled again. Yeah, um, yeah. And oh, it is about control, isn't it? it yes, yeah. is. it is. Mm-hmm. Now, now, let's set Plagueis aside for a minute. Do we still think some sort of abuse like that happened to him? Or do we think maybe he was just the spawn of Satan? Um, you know? <laughs> Plagueis? Yeah. He just I... fell out of the ooze. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously that he grew up on it. Naboo, but like it was, yeah. I, I feel like even, even though he was abused, there had to have been something there that blossomed out of this, you know, right. prior to. Honestly, my general interpretation without Plagueis, if I'm just like making my assumption right now, it wasn't that he was abused. I think that Palpatine was someone really born into privilege, like extreme privilege almost. You know, he became a senator of Naboo and presumably had higher positions before that. And I would imagine, you know, like, I presume that Darth Plagueis, you know, the Revenge of the Sith novel, as far as I know, is still canon. Uh, and he says in it directly that Darth Plagueis was his master. So he did have Sith grooming from probably a young age. Right. I, again, we don't know about the paternal aspect, but I don't want to say, like, you know, he was ever irredeemable or he couldn't, like, have gone to the good side, but he did steep himself further and further and further in the dark side. Yes. To the point that he, like, was saying, you know, not to make a too direct parallel with our current political times, but he what did in his mind think, like, I alone can fix it, you know, like, the galaxy. And this is, you know, I've skimmed like his wikipedia page like several times and like 
I, or it may have been in the Legends Wikipedia page or the Canon one. I forget which one, but there, w- I think there was this through line of uh, he believed that he alone could save the galaxy. That he like that the galaxy was all chaos, and that he could be the one to solidify peace and to uh, like really like control everything and ensure that there was peace, security, justice. It, in the galaxy and he i think he genuinely believed that i think he genuinely believed yes i am the one to fix this i with the power of the dark side can bring order to the galaxy Mm. uh obviously you know he was extremely arrogant and like believed in his own ego like here's the thing you know earlier i was joking like oh palpatine is god but palpatine like legit did think of himself as a god he thought of himself as like oh i should be the one to like rule everything so his desire like to dominate was i mean obviously it was like selfishly hoisting himself above the rest but he did like actually genuinely believe that he was the one perfect enough to uh yeah like bring order to the galaxy and this actually goes back to a concept in legends um i don't know if either of you guys know it's called the sithari Mm, it originally mm -hmm. came out of the darth bane novel yeah kid you know what i'm talking about like the uh, like essentially the sith version of the chosen one uh someone who would destroy the sith but then make them stronger than ever before and I believe, like, this was once confirmed to be Darth Bane, but Palpatine was, like, long in the running for it. And I'm sure, like, you know, if that prophecy exists in the new canon, that Palpatine does believe that he is the the Sithari, the, like, ultimate Sith, basically. And, like, you know, the uh, rule of two, the Sith cycle, was continuing, continuing, continuing until it would be him. Mm. You know, he, again, would be this perfect being, like, don't get me wrong, he is insane. He is a megalomaniac <laughs> who believes that, like, you know, he is, you know, he should be, like, ruling and dominating over others and enslaving others, enslaving the galaxy. But, like, you gotta admire that gumption to a degree. <laughs> gosh, what yeah. happened to you to get even a drop of that confidence? Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've never thought I would hear Palpatine and Gumption in the same sentence. Um, <laughs> um, I'm not entirely sure I believe uh, that, you know, he wants to necessarily fix things. Um, I think he uh-huh. wants to make things the way he thinks they should. Now, whether or not he thinks that's fixing or not, I don't know. But I, I think fixing is a um, ascribes a level of of you care, know, maybe of, of care. Yeah, exactly, care um, to to this. And and I don't I don't see Palpatine caring um, about anything other than Palpatine. Now yeah. he definitely wants to bring order. Right. Order mm-hmm. is entirely what he wants uh order according to his definition um because that order gives him the power because if he according to my desire exactly (laughs) if if he can control what that order is and you know have that order be uh carried out then that's his his main goal there and and this actually kind of 
works into one of the other you know questions or topics of discussion I had if we want to move on. Um, he's got a couple of interesting focuses of power here. He's got like a two-pronged power focus. Uh, one is political and one is force-based. Um, and we definitely really actively see the political power structure and, uh, you know, and, and attempt uh, for Palpatine in the prequels. The force-based one is a little less obvious if you're just looking at the films. Uh, but if you're looking at some of the, the new comics um, or the new uh, the canon stuff, the new canon stuff, he is definitely, now that he has his galactic empire, he's like becomes a recluse and delves down in the bowels of the Jedi Temple, which is now the Imperial Palace, in order to study the dark arcane arts and become as powerful in the Force as he possibly can be. Um, and that's why, you know, he sits there and thinks that he's seen all the futures and has been able to account for everything in Return of the Jedi, you know, and that sort of thing. Um, what are your thoughts on, on Palpatine and his, his power focuses? Anybody who wants to start, who wants to take, take one or yeah. the other. Yeah. So he mastered the real Sith art of manipulation. He used that in conjunction with his Sith training to set people against each other, to basically play both sides, to trick people he was working with politically. And, you know, I would imagine like he did that often set people against each other. And that's something he did in his empire. He had a very strong uh, hierarchical system of generals, of moths, of commanders, etc. And something that he was very adept at doing was pitting them against each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of this is headcanon. Some of this is uh, stuff I remember from books. But I, my general understanding of the Empire is that he set it up to be something that would fall apart without him. That oh, yeah. he had to get yeah. center and the top of it controlling everything even though he was a recluse even though he did like leave things to uh some larger commanders uh and moths uh he was still at the center of it he was still either the figurehead or like the ultimate commands were left up to him Mm -hmm. and he was very adept at balancing that out while still deepening his force strength and his abilities and uncovering the mysteries of the force. So he, yeah, he was a very smart, you know, like manipulator at all of this. Like that's his ultimate like skill being a manipulator, whether it's in the force, whether that's politically. And again, he just does it so brilliantly. (laughs) Like I, I have, I have a thing for villains in fiction who are very good at manipulating others mm. who like, for example, uh, in Othello, if either of you guys have read it, I love Iago. Iago <laughs> is like, yeah, man, you got this. You're like, even though he is terrible, even <laughs> though like, he, like, you know, he causes at towards the end of it, a good man to kill his wife. It's so oh, messed geez. up. <laughs> like, I just like, I, I really love Iago. I just have a thing in general for villains who, like, manipulate, pit people against each other. And this is not me, by the way. I do not do any of that. But again, like, it's like in fiction, you get to explore that psychology. You get to, yeah. 
uh, understand that you get to like put yourself in this sort of position of, you know, being an absolute crafty mastermind. Mm -hmm. And it's a sort of sense of thrill and fun, which fiction gives us that outlet for, you know, obviously none of us are going to do this in real life. Like, (laughs) you know, like it bears repeating, but what you like in fiction is not indicative of how you conduct yourself in real life. I cannot stress that enough. Right. Um, (laughs) Right. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. Exactly. I am, um, I am not going to sit here. I mean, while while I do have my moments of grandeur and say I am the podcast, um, I don't sit here and and plot yeah. the demise of my, you know, my friends and family. Yeah, <laughs> right. no. this is fun. It's bacon in space. It's You're bacon right. It's in space. <laughs> yes. yes, and it's like you know, like for like issues that directly impact the real world, like representation. I will talk about that because like Star Wars is still something that's made in the real world. But for most of the rest of it, it's like, you know, like let us have fun in this galaxy far, far away yes. that we can all include it in, you know, like to have these various different stories. And Palpatine for me has always been that he's always been like that crafty master manipulator whom I can like, you know, just, like, imagine myself, like, in, or, like, I really, really need to cosplay Palpatine. I gotta oh, do, do that. It. For- <gasps> do it. Yes, <laughs> do it. Uh, for, I don't know if you saw, like, unfortunately, Katie, I don't think we ran into each other, like, uh, when I was cosplaying, but I was oh. cosplaying Darth Spidey. What? Like, Spider-Man with, uh, with Spider-Man, I, all it was was my Spider-Man costume with a cloak on, and it was great, <laughs> and, like, yeah. Nice. <laughs> or something, but, um yeah it was like you know it's just like it's just fun it's just fun and palpatine just sheave he like you know it's funny i always like to refer to him as palpatine or palpy but i never say sheave i can't me neither yeah i can't Uh. (laughs) i can't it it, it like humanizes him almost too yeah it's like he 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 should he's so evil he should only have the one name like sheave palpatine that's like who who is this person yeah, Palpatine, Palpatine. The name is like share, you know. <laughs> Palpatine is the ultimate diva of the galaxy. <laughs> yes. I love that. Oh my gosh, I I wanted to touch on something you were talking about, Swara. You know about yes, Palpatine being this master manipulator, and he almost like sets up the empire specifically to crumble without him. I that was in. Um, the Aftermath trilogy. Yes. And I thought that was such a smart metaphor. They talked about um, uh, Palpatine was showing Gallius Rex um, a, a jar for it, I think, um, a, you know, which is, which is like chess. Um, so he's looking at this big chess board and explaining the pieces and is talking about how if you lose the game, then it, it's almost like the pieces don't even deserve to be on the board. You know, if, if you lose, it's not because... It's because the game itself is broken and the pieces themselves have failed you. And Palpatine just overturns the board. He's like, and now, and now you have to play a whole new game. And that's like exactly what he did with his empire. You know, he specifically set it up. So it's like, as soon as this, if I don't win, then none of these pieces even deserve to be on the board. And we're playing a whole different game now. And I just, I thought that metaphor was so good because he, he is so calculated you know he he's so calculated that he's not even 
you know, he, he's not even just thinking about the game. He's thinking about the room around him and how these pieces are, are, are just going to, you know, just, just should just fall to the floor. You know, it, that's an intense level of control that I don't think I could keep up with. You know, I could not pull that off. <laughs> it is aspirational. You yes. want to get to that level of control. Yeah, yes. right? <laughs> uh. Nice. Uh, yeah, the, the amount of, like, this is, this is going to come off sounding really small compared to what I'm trying to say. The amount of spatial awareness that mm-hmm. Palpatine has um, yeah, totally. is, is totally. really remarkable. Like, the, the amount of... Uh, and obviously, it's, it's developed and, and, you know, I'm sure trained, you know, from a very young age to, to be fully aware of everyone and everything around him and, you know, be able to try and predict the possibilities he's like moriarty with the force you know dang yeah um (laughs) it's almost like yeah exactly if if we were sitting down playing chess but all i could think about you know you're you're focused on the board but i'm thinking about all the other games on the shelf that i'm gonna beat you at and how exactly i'm gonna beat you at those games too you know like (laughs) dude (laughs) right right and that's and that's why you know while he's got this grand plan, when things don't always happen exactly according to it, he's the best at improvising because he's already probably planned for the possibility. You know, you know, he's so good at not only, you know, pulling all the strings to do exactly what he wants, but when things don't go exactly the way he thinks they might, he's like, okay, fine. I'll just scooch this piece over here, adjust that, and we're good, you know, and we're back on track. Um, and so you know, Gallius Gallius Rax is a very interesting character because, or like, no, uh, I'm sorry. What I meant to say was like character to experience in those books because yeah. he, you think he's being built up. Like, is he Snoke? Is he a big like uh, first order guy? And then no, nope, yeah, no he's nah. like just dies at the end. Sorry, spoilers <laughs> for aftermath, I guess. But um, but what I love about this character is like how he remembers his interactions with Palpatine and I think like Palpatine was probably expecting him to die or something yes may or maybe something along those lines yeah yeah, I think he was because he did like share with Rax so many of his secrets like Katie you were talking about the Jajaric board and no Rax was just like going to be a vessel to give clues to the uh audience about you know what's really going on here with the first order and you know how this is going to play out eventually in the sequel trilogy i just want to say um so there have been complaints that i think are fairly honestly very valid about how we like the first order as it's portrayed in the films is confusing it feels like you need to go back and like read uh extended universe novels to get what's happening um a Twitter mutual of mine, Swapna Krishna, she had a really great article about this on Sci-Fi Wire. I suggest people check it out. But, um, like, with Palpatine coming back, it clicks. You understand. You're like, oh, he was manipulating this the whole time. And in the Vanity Fair article, uh, I just read it uh, two days ago, um, you know, they say explicitly, we will learn who, like, the First Order's mysterious origins will be revealed in Episode 9. 
and that's all going to be Palpatine. Everything's going to make sense. Everything is going to click. And I'm just, you know, I under like I understand the, still the frustrations about like you know wanting to know what the first order is or like how precisely it did get started. But I actually kind of loved how they have done. Like Lucasfilm had a plan from the beginning with the sequel trilogy. They wanted to like uh, rip the rug from under us mm-hmm. with the Palpatine reveal, and I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it was so, really good. So I think this transitions very nicely into uh, maybe a little bit of, of Episode Nine speculation here. Uh, let's – I don't know if anybody I, here – what? Yeah, I want to I start this with a question. Okay. Well, here, r- real quick. I, I, oh. I don't know if anybody is, has yeah. uh, been – seeking out spoilers if we can try and keep those out and just oh, keep yeah, this no. to speculation i don't know what your policy on spoilers is suara um carl loves them i don't <laughs> i don't i try to avoid them at all costs so let, let me let me give you my honest to god policy on spoilers yeah i seek out spoilers or slight spoilers or rumors whatever when I am starved for content. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, I'm just going to, like, be blown. I was in a spoiler chat room uh, for months. Uh, and I said, you know what? I'm going to leave this chat when the title and or trailer come out. Star Wars Celebration fed me very well in that regard. So I left the chat. And But now, while I'm still waiting for, um, you know, like, uh, Episode Nine content, I'm like, getting a little antsy i'm like i want to hear or see something so i'll like peek on to reddit to see yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. exactly yeah i don't mind rumors because rumors are just that um Mm -hmm. but like this is a spoiler and i'm like yeah that's that's when my that's when my internal alarm goes off and i'm like uh flee um flee for your lives i'm so like i love it i'm so glad katie Oh, just that I, I'm so weird when it comes to spoilers because um, I, at this point, I'm actually like, I, I just want to know what everybody's talking about. You know, if my Twitter feed is everybody's buzzing about, right. oh, did you hear a spoiler? Did you hear this rumor? Whatever. I'm like, oh, tell me, like dish, like, come on. You know, I just, I want to know. But like almost like exactly six weeks before the movie comes out, I suddenly like, I don't know, something clicks in my body where I'm just all like, nobody talks to me about this movie. Nobody touch me. Nobody, like, <laughs> you know, and if because, everybody's because yeah. it's like a safe experience when you watch a Star Wars movie. Right, yes. right. But it's like, but it's months away. So I, it's like, it's like, it's not even real. You know what I mean? But like, exactly six weeks out it becomes real and suddenly it's too real you know it's too real suddenly like that rumor that that i don't know a cow is going to fly in and save the day like suddenly you know what i mean suddenly that rumor isn't fun twitter buzz anymore suddenly it's like do not get me started about the cow Oh my god. Anyway. So anyway. I know yes. I know we've had some uh episode nine speculation on the show before, but I do want to get Suara in on this because he is such a Palpatine fan. Katie, mm-hmm. you said you had a question you wanted to start yes. this off with. I want to start our episode nine speculation with the question when Anakin threw just slam dunked Sidious down that reactor shaft, was that did that set him back at all, or or was Sidious like good all according to my plan? Like you know, like what what was that? What? Ooh. No, yeah. that was not according to plan. Um, no, in my opinion. Think... I, mm, okay, I, okay. Because 
this the way this is supposed to go is he was uh-huh. going to either he was going to have a, a an apprentice for life, one way or the other. Whether or not Vader kills Luke, then he's rid of a threat, the only real threat he's had in the last twenty years. Um or he gets a brand new apprentice upgrade and he's like, Sweet. Um <laughs> now I'm set for the next twenty. Uh you know. <laughs> That when Anakin resurfaces inside Vader and tosses him over the side, that was that was probably the most surprised Palpatine has ever been in his life, mm. in my opinion. Uh, what do you think? So you Sarah? don't think you don't think he cont- saw that like at all? No. Like no. Okay. okay. Anakin yeah, was I, dead I, I, in his. I opinion. don't think so either. Yeah. yeah no, okay. Palpatine uh, had made, especially after years and years of abusing and hum- humiliating Anakin slash mm-hmm. Vader. Uh, yeah, he thought, like, yeah, I've got this uh, guy deep, deep, deep in my pocket. Like, I know everything about him. Like, he was arrogant. It was arrogance that killed him. That mm. he thought, like, Palpatine, I will say, much like Voldemort, like, spoilers <laughs> for Harry Potter, uh, you know, really underestimated love. He underestimated the power that love can have. And, you know, like, uh, this, probably, this might be my favorite line ever from a Star Wars book. Uh, from Revenge of the Sith, love can ignite the stars. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like, Anakin throughout the novel is, like, super scared of, like, stars going out and, like, you know, entropy, uh, the heat death of the universe. Basically, like, Anakin is super existential <laughs> in the Sith, the novel. Yeah. But, no, it's, it's like, no, guess what, Anakin, like, love can ignite the stars. It's like, that's such a beautiful line. Says it directly to Anakin. It's like an anecdote, like at the end of the book. But yeah, and like Palpatine underestimates that because he has not really. Yeah, I don't think he's loved anyone in all his damn life. I think that he like has thought, oh yes, I am like going to manipulate everything like a machine. I know like people's ins and outs, their weaknesses, their strengths. I know how to manipulate. I know how to like strategically use that. But like the thing about love is like that it is irrational. It is something so instinctual. And something that, like, goes across, like, everyone and everything. Like, in a lot of ways, love is, like, the force. And this is something, like, I remember, like, reading this. <laughs> I think I remember reading a wiki. Okay, I just want to say, like, you know, growing up, I read Wikipedia pages all the time. Because I didn't <laughs> have time to read, like, Legends books and stuff. But, like, or I did read Legends books, but not so much comics. But anyway, I, I think I remember, like, watch, or reading an uh, article about love itself. Mm-hmm. And it was talking about how love was something that both the Jedi and the Sith tended to, like, not touch, not look at. So love can actually, who knows, like, in some way or form, love can actually be, like, the thing to bring balance somehow. Like, you know, oh, yeah. it did in Six because that's what George Lucas said. It was like Vader's love for his son that like brought balance to the Force, and yeah. So who knows? That maybe we'll see that in nine. And and <laughs> yeah. if you're if you're reading any of the Vader comics, either the original run or the new run, the amount of just torture that mm. Palpatine puts Vader through just to test him on a weekly basis, it, it seems, is just brutal and so anakin shouldn't exist inside vader at all he shouldn't right uh but he does um and that's because luke is in the picture um and i think palpatine understands conceptually that love is a powerful thing um to some people but he thinks he's greater than it um and so that doesn't 
factor as much into his thing uh, here. Now, of course, the big thing is as soon as we got that laugh at the end of the episode nine trailer, <laughs> I've reevaluated everything that happened at the end of Return of the Jedi. And I was like, oh, that's a force storm. He just sort of like exploded into the force. He's, Ooh, yeah. you know. It, th- this is this isn't just him, you know, hitting the, some reactor and getting blown up. There's a force <laughs> storm. There is there is residual, you know, energy, force energy from this. So what what does that mean? You know, Palpatine is yeah. I, I and this is a conversation that we've had a couple of times. I don't think he's going to come back in a corporeal sense in Episode mm. Nine. But, and here's my terrible joke again for all those who have listened. Um, I think he's going to be an actual phantom menace uh, in episode Ooh. nine. Yes. Yes, so, I love it. Full yeah. circle, folks. I think full he's going to be looking for a meat husk, honestly. I think he's <laughs> going to try to, yeah, he's going to try to possess somebody. Uh, I, 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 maybe they're going to do something wild, like, you know, oh, he had a clone you know, oh, or, God, I or I, I've been, I've been standing. I don't the, think, I don't think they're. Yeah. Oh no, I've been standing. The um, general Hux is a secret Palpatine theory forever. Oh, no, okay, okay, because he's a ginger. It's one hundred percent because he has red hair, and he's all, and he's really pale. <laughs> so yeah, so General Hux looks a lot like Chief Palpatine. <laughs> There, there's like there was that one comic with young Hux and he and not young Hux, young Palpatine, and he looks just like General Hux. So I'm like, ooh, what if he had like you know because Palpatine he was all about like how do I prolong my life? How do I you know how do I control everything? And you know and he was into cloning. He was into all kinds of weird stuff. You have to imagine he was all like children, like actual genetic children of mine. What ha- you know what I mean? So. What if he had, right. like, secret children, and what if Hux is a descendant of Palpatine, and so Palpatine's like, I'm going to possess you now, genetic spawn. <laughs> you know? hey, like, just on, that, just on that note, and yeah. I just want to say I 100% accept and love that, you know, Ray's parents being nobodies, mm-hmm. but before mm-hmm. Last Jedi, I was really gunning for Ray Palpatine. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, what are your guys' thoughts on that in that general? Been, uh, oh, <laughs> that would have been horrific. Mm-hmm. Um, dear God, been, like, no. So interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love her being nobodies, but if they had gone the Ray Palpatine, I would have been like, girl. Yeah. Get that force lightning, girl! (laughs) 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 Oh my gosh! Uh, uh, There's so many of these theories that are out there of who uh, Ray could have been descended from, and I'm like, guys, the timeline doesn't match up. Guys, the timeline doesn't match up. Um, But listen, we we know the definitive answer. Like her parents were like uh, Maul and Kira. Yes, especially, but specifically, and this is something my friend Meg said. I Katrina, I forget exactly who. Like, no, this seems to be a theory that's like spawned across like Star Wars fandom, like as a joke. But specifically, that uh, Kira uh, inseminated the egg that Maul laid that yes. became Rich. That is, that's canon. That's There's obviously canon. it. It's my friend, like Meg. 
Uh, yes, I. you guys know I ship Maul and Kira, and I, like, yes. unironically scream about how Maul and Kira are raised parents all the time. That was, like, that was the finale of my Maul panel at it Star was. Celebration. It was so good. That, and, like, and honestly... For folks, if you want to hear that panel, go back into our feed uh, and look for the episode titled, It's a Marvelous Life. It's a Marvelous Life. Yes. You can always tell when I pick out an episode title because it's of something because it's always so ridiculous. Like today's episode. <laughs> like today. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, Kira definitely laid the egg that oh no, Maul laid the egg that Kira inseminated right. that became Ray. It's that's exactly. that's what we're going with. <laughs> exactly. Palpatine didn't see that coming either. Palpatine was like, Oh, I'm I'm not so sure about this. <laughs> okay, okay. That was my really bad mom. I was Palpatine. wondering how we were getting back to Palpatine there. Um <laughs> Oh, yeah, so let's get back to Palpatine. Yeah, yes. so Palpatine, uh, episode nine. Um, it is my assumption, uh, Suara, that, that the Death Star wreckage we see there is Death Star 2, because that's where Palpatine, right. quote-unquote, died on. Um, yeah, makes it, sense, yeah. My, my theory um, is that his spirit or something like is, is haunting that place, essentially, and that's why everyone's going there. Um, do you ascribe to that theory? Do you have another theory? What What are your thoughts on on, on Palpatine's appearance in Episode Nine, or involvement? I should say in Episode Nine so, because I don't know if yeah. he's going to appear that much. Right. Um. I think that he is going to appear, uh, at least significantly to some degree, because I remember an uh, interview with JJ him saying that it was so great to work with Ian, uh, Ian McDermott. That b- leads me to believe, like, he's going to appear not, like, in a flashback or something like that, but, like, you know, in present day somehow, or his voice is going to, at the very least. I, no, I, I haven't been reading the comics, but, you know, from what I get via Twitter, via Wikipedia, stuff, I know that uh, the concept of Sith attaching themselves, like, their spirits attaching themselves to uh like relics to objects uh is present and this also ties back to uh ben solo slash kylo ren like being obsessed with relics and uh you know from the for- from the jedi from the sith and i believe like uh he was doing that with luke at one point as well when they were master and apprentice so i very much believe that palpatine spirit has attached itself to some physical object it could be the death star it could be uh something else in episode nine it could be like his lightsaber it could be uh oh actually so this is a theory this isn't a rumor this is a theory okay uh that i've seen um i think it was like maybe uh some part of raylo twitter or like uh Redemption Twitter or something like that. I forget exactly, or just in general, somewhere on Twitter. But um, so I'm sorry, like that. I'm not. I can't ascribe like you said at first. But this is just something I've seen around that um, Palpatine's spirit is inhabiting Vader's helmet, Ooh, and yeah. that he's the one who's been like whispering to Kylo slash Ben Solo. You know, like, you know, when the Force Awakens, when he says, tell me again, Grandfather, that that's actually Palpatine. No, I love it. I think I, that I love, I love the mental image of Sidious just being on like, Ben, it's me, Grandpa. 
<laughs> That's an interesting theory. I mean, that, that mental picture, thank you so much for that. That's going to make the perfect robot chicken skit. Um, <laughs> but um, Robot chicken is going to have a field day with episode nine. I right, right. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Seth Green, get on that. Um, <laughs> but um, the idea that he's attached himself in some form to vader's helmet is very interesting because anakin wouldn't have done it obviously he's rejecting vader at the end of return of the jedi and so that's an empty vessel um and uh, huh i am very intrigued by that now that's a very interesting idea right uh, yeah i i wish i could remember who exactly said it like i just uh so, yeah. if anyone's listening who's the purveyor of that theory or who started that theory, like, please reach out. Like, it's brilliant. It's yeah. A great no, that's a fantastic theory. I like that. Um, I definitely think he's going to appear. I don't know if he's going to be on screen that much, but he's definitely, in my opinion, going to be the MacGuffin for mm. Episode Nine. You know, finding out what this evil is and then finding out how to destroy it is going to be the MacGuffin for episode 9. I, I, I can almost guarantee you that. Um, and I I was not in the celebration stage uh, when the trailer dropped, but I was on the uh, the show floor at the, the Star Wars show stage watching it. Um, and when Ian McDermott came out and just said, Roll it again. <laughs> um, the collective... Oh. Uh, the yeah, collective, it was so good. <laughs> the collective insanity that was in the room, Suara, like you said earlier, made it outside of the room, and we all lost our. Yeah, our we were we were like screaming. Minds. We were like, <laughs> yeah. It was like basically like we were all like screaming for Palpatine. It was wonderful. I, it was like my dream. I just want to say I kept the faith that he would be involved somehow. Like, I didn't know if it would be Ray Palpatine or, or something else, like, that Palpatine. But now he's just full force coming back, and I could not be happier. I just, ugh, I love him. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. It, it it has changed the dynamic of the sequel trilogy forever now. Like, yeah, like the, yeah. everything is yep, different. it has. It has. And I need to yeah. go back and rewatch Force Awakens and Last Jedi with this in mind now, because yeah. it has drastically changed what this trilogy means um and and i know carl i wish carl was here for this discussion because um he says he said on several occasions that he enjoys the sequel films but he hasn't gotten a solid reason as to why they needed to happen um and i'm wondering if this if pulled off right because if they don't pull it off right it could be completely hokey and we could just return to 1990s dark horse comics where he's just jumping from clone body to clone body <laughs> um you know uh, you know if they pull this off right it could be the most brilliant thing disney has done with star wars ever mm -hmm. absolutely but that is actually interesting um you know like what he was bringing up about how you know why is this equal trilogy exist i was discussing this with a friend uh yesterday um, about how the sequel trilogy really is attempting to be two things at once. That continuation of, you know, the original trilogy and the original heroes and 
uh, the new heroes of Ray, Finn, Poe, Kylo, like, if you see him as a protagonist or, like, you know, something, whatever. Like, um, it's just, like, it's being those two things at once. And I will say, like, as well, like, you know, I think it's, like, led to some frustration from some parts of fandom. I will speak also for myself. Like, you know, it's like, well, I do love and am very intrigued by Kylo Ren's journey in the sequel trilogy. I also, like, really want ample time for Finn, Poe, Ray, uh, Rose, and, like, like, I just want to say, like, I love The Last Jedi and The Force Awakens. I, like, they're my favorite Star Wars films, basically. Um, but it's, like, I do, I will say for The Last Jedi, I wish, like, that there was more for uh, Finn and Rose. Like, I, so I just want to say, I love Ryan Johnson. I love, like, I think he's a brilliant, brilliant visionary. I cannot wait for his trilogy far more than the Game of Thrones guys. I'm just putting that out there. Um, still not over it. Um, but, like, I, I, like, I, I, like, I do wish, like, you know, Finn and Rose had a better story in that, but, or at least something that was really tight, fully tied into, like, you know, the uh, story of what Ray, Kylo, and Luke were going through. But, you know, I think, like, what we're going to see with Episode Nine, at least I hope, is, like, all of them together in the same place, like, fully rounding out this story. So I feel like, Jason, I agree that, like, Nine can really pull it off, and I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. yeah. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to have to start winding up this because I've got something I need to do later. But I do want to give everyone a chance for some final Palpatine thoughts. Um, so anything on your mind, anything that we haven't had a chance to say uh, on, on Dear Papa Palpatine, uh, what do we want to do? Uh, Katie, you want to go first or Swara? Uh, I, I'm pretty much good on my Palpatine thoughts because as soon as I start thinking about Palpatine, I just want to like quote Maul and be all like, you know, at last we'll be ourselves to the Jedi. At last we'll be revenge. Do it. <laughs> yes. You have been yeah. well trained by young apprentice. There will be no match for you. <laughs> it's true, though. It's true. So Maul kicked their butts. It, I'm just saying. It's very true. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Maul did. And, like, Obi-Wan just got lucky. And honestly, <laughs> when you're just, like, when you're just watching, I'm sure you've ranted about this on the podcast before, but, like, <laughs> when you're just watching it and, like, Maul just, like, uh, he looks at Obi-Wan, goes up, and it's, like, a solid second. Like, Maul could do anything, but for some reason he doesn't. He just stands there yeah. while, like, Obi-Wan messes <laughs> him now. So I feel like that was very much, like, for spot's sake rather than character motivation. I mean, I mean, you'll notice, like, okay, yeah. so, like, there's ten years <laughs> between Maul, you know, getting cut in half, and then... Obi-Wan, you know, seeing him again, right? Obi-Wan actually trains for those 10 years, right? He gets better. Right. Maul lays in the trash, gets worse, and they're still evenly matched at the end of those 10 years. How bad was right. Obi-Wan <laughs> in The Phantom Menace? That's all I'm saying. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, so so for my final Palpatine thoughts, um, Palpatine did nothing wrong. Uh, he was just trying to make the galaxy a better place. Uh, everyone was just a uh, ungrateful degenerate who could not appreciate his grand vision. And, you know, if Palpatine couldn't have it, then nobody can. So I think the galaxy should just be completely destroyed because Palpatine is awesome. 
Sora, I love you so much. Uh, I love yeah. you, Sora. Final thoughts from so... Palpatine's press secretary, folks. Um... <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, no, but seriously, but seriously, uh, no, like, he's a great, diabolical, evil, evil villain whom you should never, like, aspire to be like, but he is just, like, fun as a character in, like, this fictional universe. And, um... You know, like, while he does, like, you know, br- he does also, like, bring those, like, actual valid allegories to, like, you know, the rise of fascism, like, how we should stand vigilant against tyranny and, you know, like, these forces of abuse and just real horrid, hu- like, uh, human, humanoid nature. Uh, you know, like, he is, well, he is, like, a cautionary tale against that. This is just still such a, in gen, uh, generally, uh, excuse me, no, oh, excuse me, <laughs> uh, such a well-written character who, like, again, gives, like, that fictional escape to psychologically explore, like, you know, what a villain's mind is actually like, and he's my favorite villain in Star Wars. I still contend that Kylo Ren is the best villain slash villain adjacent character in Star Wars generally, but, like, what... Palpatine does for me is like I, lo- I love it it's so good yeah <laughs> man I wish we had more time because I wanted to dive into the way Palpatine and his apprentices uh, the way he re- you know interacts with his apprentices but um, mm. uh, we just don't have the time uh, but <laughs> able to touch on that well though yes so, yeah. so uh, but I, I Palpatine is my favorite fictional villain of all time I I love Palpatine so much in that regard, uh, and I've said it before. I'll say it again. I fairly or unfairly, I judge all villains by Palpatine. Um, <laughs> it's probably unfair, uh, considering he was able to single handedly from his armchair take down the entire Jedi Order, rewrite the Galactic Republic into a, a galactic empire for a safe and a secure. <laughs> society um as well as find a way to become more steeped in dark side force magics than anybody else well the dark side of the force than anybody else uh manipulate the entire universe from his armchair and uh you know all that fun stuff i I just i just love the fact that he's able to do almost everything from his armchair um and only once in a while only once in a while get out and actually you know do things himself uh, but when he does, he does it with panache. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> it's so good. Uh, all right. Um, we do have another matchup for you here, folks, for next episode. Suara, I know we extended the offer for you to come up with one. Mm-hmm. Did you? Uh, if not, we've got an extra one. Uh, yeah, I am going to just come up with one on the off the top of my head. So... And this is the one I get to choose, right? Yes, you get, <laughs> okay. to, you yes. get to choose. So, okay. Baldo Ren <laughs> versus a Snoke with long blonde hair. Zora, I love you so much. For, ah! for those who may not be aware, can you please tell everyone what Baldo Ren is? <laughs> so, there was concept art in The Last Jedi uh, art book of Baldo Ren, a glorious version of Kylo Ren with his head completely shaved. And <laughs> it's just so perfect. It is. It just incites 
What I love so much about Baldur Wren is how he ignites people's passions from all across the fandom. This is what we need, like, in episode nine. I praise the good word of hashtag make Kylo Baldo uh, to uh, basically ignite this, uh, to give us something that we all really deserve as a fandom. And I saw, like, you know, the hair, the Snoke with hair, I literally just saw, like, a fan art the other day of oh, like someone Snoke. drawing Snoke with yes i hot guess Snoke. Hot, oh my god i yeah. put him all over my okay. twitter i loved hot Snoke. yeah oh, he was okay too, yeah aldo yeah. ren aldo ren versus hot Snoke. yeah oh, so this doesn't this doesn't this doesn't this doesn't have to be in terms of force powers or anything like that just in terms of looks which one do you like better <laughs> oh my gosh all right folks um <laughs> I, I thought our Newt Gunray versus C.O. Bibble matchup was a bit, you know, inside baseball for us. This is real good. Um, oh, my gosh. I, uh... Oh, yes. Jason, you got to yes. hang more in Halo and Redemption Twitter. They've got, it's like, really good stuff. It is the best place to be. I uh, Yes. <laughs> the Twitter waters are deep and terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> don't go in the water <laughs> all right so we're gonna do that next episode folks just for suara uh thank you so much for coming thank on. You, is there anything that you want to promote uh, uh anything that you do that you yeah. want to just give everybody your contact information for before we close yes. this out Absolutely. I am on Twitter at Swarz Seawalker. That's S-W-A-R-Z-S-E-A-W-A-L-K-E-R. I am a writer, a writer for But Why, though. Uh, I uh, have a piece out that just came out today uh, as at the time of this recording about what I think the overall general problem is with Disney live-action films. I think some of them have been good, but I think if there is an underlying issue with all of them, and sort of spurred by, like, my Aladdin thoughts, of which I have many, I also wrote a review of that film. I hope you'll check out on But Why though. And, uh, I am planning, um, hopefully it'll come, start coming out soon, but actually a whole podcast series devoted to Palpatine called The Palpacast. Some friends and I have gone on together. We're going to uh have our next episode out like next month we're gonna have guests on uh jason like i'd love to have you on sometime oh, once nice. we get all up and running and um yeah so be on the lookout for that excellent excellent everything is going as planned yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right folks oh <laughs> uh, this episode brought warm feelings to my heart um, anyways, uh, folks, if you want to wait, good. In, I'm glad. Wait, wait, wait. I'm glad to hear that, my little green friend. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Oh man, well, he's so good. He's just so evil. Guys, I love him. Are, so much. He is. You guys are definitely bringing me around. I. Just... He is possibly the most quotable character in all of Star Wars. <laughs> he is. Oh, he is. It's so oh. delicious. All right. It's so delicious. Wait, we, yes. Okay. We, we should close this out. <laughs> Folks, if you want to weigh in on the matchup, Baldo Ren versus Hot Snoke. Oh, dear. I cannot wait to see the responses we are going to get. Um, 
Or if you want to weigh in on anything we discussed in this episode, please reach out to us, facebook.com slash Podcast. We are at WampusLair on Twitter, or you can always email us at WampusLairPodcast at gmail.com. Katie, where in the internet can people find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at PoHotDameron. I will definitely be sending out pics of Baldoran and Hot Snoke for reference and educational purposes. <laughs> Yes, please send them my way so that we can make our matchup image accordingly. Uh, um, absolutely. <laughs> all right, well, I think that's going to wrap up this episode of the Wampus Lair podcast. This has been episode number 339, Leave It to Shiver. Uh, for Katie and Carl, who is not here, and special thank you to Swara for coming in all the way from London this episode. Uh, I'm Jason, and we will see you next time here in the Wampa's Lair. <laughs>